We are Chartrandmates. The lower your iPod has surrendered your time. Your enthusiasm and passion for Star Trek will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Trapmate Podcast. Its continuing mission to entertain, enlighten, educate, and talk all things Trek. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack all hands battle stations. Don't worry, we will get to the bottom of this. Ship and a star to steer by. I don't want excuses, I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. Hello and welcome to Trekmate. My name's Mark Stamper. And my name's Paul Drinkwater. And the third person is missing. Uh, Wayne, Wayne, Wayne isn't around this evening, unfortunately. He's, he's not, he's not. And, uh, well, are we, are we, are we going to tell everybody why? Or, uh, I mean, well, yeah. I think everybody was a little bit harsh to me when I was on. <laughs> maybe, maybe they were a little. <laughs> uh, yeah, it appears that Wayne struck a superior officer. Yes. And is now he's been put in the brig for a week, so yeah. he's on uh, he's on a bread and water diet for the next week or so. Exactly. Um, I mean, it's like yeah, it, it, it only hit me once, but it, it was once enough, and I, I'm bru- I'm bruised enough, it, so I think the punishment really fitted the crime. I think so. Yeah, striking a superior officer is uh, is a is a very serious offence, isn't it? It is. I mean, all I asked him was for the password to the email account. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, never mind. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll do our best to muddle through between the two of us. Exactly. Exactly. We need to show that we can do a superior show. Absolutely. Exactly. Okay. So how you been? How you been then, mate? Not too bad. Not too bad, thank you very much. And I, I must. I, I think I should say that. I probably shouldn't say it, but I will say it now because just in case anybody notices, I apologise to our listeners now. But I must say it's a Sunday afternoon. I've had a very stressful week at work. I'm about to have a very stressful week coming at work, and I've been drinking since 12, so I'm a little bit tiddly at the moment. So I do apologise for any discrepancies that come into the show. I hope you all enjoy it as much as you usually do, but I apologise if, if, if you think I'm, you know, not, not quite 100%. <laughs> well, that's, that's, quite all, that's quite all right, because I've had two pints, so um, <laughs> we, I went out for dinner with the, with the wife and the kids, so uh, you had, had a huge burger. And a huge pile of chips and uh, and a couple of pints of lager. So uh, yeah. Well, what can you do? That sounds like a lovely afternoon. It was. It was. Uh, it was very nice. So uh, yeah. anyway. Whereas I went so out. What, I went. So what, I went out with a friend. We went to a pub. We had two pints, three shots of rum, two bottles of wine, and now I'm just working my way through the last bottle of wine. So. Uh, there you go. Sounds like fun. Yeah, well, it's all fun. Everybody's got to enjoy themselves, and it's, as long as it now, kids, if you're listening. Drinking is to be done while supervised by a responsible adult, and it's always good to stay safe. So, yes, there's our as, drink- long as, that, as long as that responsible adult isn't either Paul or me. 
Uh, yeah, and Wine uh, and Wayne, sorry, because he hits people. Yes, indeed, he hits superior officers for for asking for the password for the Gmail account. So I always I, had I, haven't even, I haven't even dared ask for that yet. No, well, I thought, you know, I thought I'm in there just like, no, I thought I could get it. And no, no. I mean, he pulled his batlet out, for goodness sake. Oh, that's a little bit uh, a little bit harsh, isn't it? It was, it was. But I must say, his twiddling is exceptional. Really? He's a good twiddler? Oh, he's a fantastic twiddler. He could spin that thing like it was a baton in, a, in some sort of girls' netball league. <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Wayne's in the brig. We'll see... I think maybe if good behaviour allows, we may let him out a little later in the week for uh, remembering maybe, the future. Maybe we'll have we'll him on. Have to see. Yeah, we, we might have him on for the midweek show, but um, yeah, as you said, we'll wait and see. Wait and see. We will. We will. Okay. So what you what you been doing this week then? Um, unfortunately, it's um, coming up to the end of uh, end of March now, which is the end of year. So it's been an absolutely manic week at work, and I've got a doctor leaving as well. If you don't know, listeners, I work in a doctor's surgery. I'm a manager. And um, one of my doctors is leaving, oh, so I've, I've had to try and re- uh, organise a replacement for, for the doctor that's going. And then my secretary gave a notice in last week as well, so I've got to try and get a new secretary in. So it's been work, 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 and very, very... Work, 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 pretty manic, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Maisie? How's your, your week? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Busy with work and stuff, but um, I have been... Uh, the new website, I've been doing some work on that, getting all the content put across, and that's I, I, looking pretty amazing, isn't I'm, it? I must say, I, I've had a couple of little uh, sneaky peeks at the website when I've been working and stuff, and it does look lush. And I must say, I've got to say now, I mean, I designed the first Trekmate logo, but your logo, the new, the new logo, I think is superb. It looks, it looks really nice, doesn't it? Oh, it, I'm really quite proud of that. It didn't take me too long to do. It took me about five minutes or so to really? put it together. Well, yeah. You're a bastard, because I remember me and Wayne, or Wayne and I were sitting there on the phone, and I was on the computer designing this thing. It took us about six hours. <laughs> and we were on Skype talking on the phone, and I was, I think I was playing Star Trek Online uh, you know, alternately, I was playing a bit of Starship Online, then doing the thing, talking away, and then sending me over the draft a bit. And um, and this thing took ages to do, but you know, he was saying what he wanted, and I was saying what I thought it should be. You know, Trek mates, everything is Star Trek. You know, it's like Trek mates. It's a bit like Czech. Yeah, yeah. Trying to combine all the pieces. <laughs> we had about fifteen drafts in the end. It wasn't until we got to the end, but the one that you've done now really just sums it all up and does look fantastic. Yeah, it took me about five minutes in Photoshop. Not not to boast or anything, but it took me about five minutes to do that. So, I mean, it was some stock image and, you know, a little bit of fiddling around. But, yeah, it looks really cool. So, yeah, that, that website, hopefully, we've got a few little surprises, a few extra little things up our sleeve yeah. that aren't on the current website. So, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, they, they'll come to fruition. And uh, that, will, that will go live, hopefully, before, where are we now? I would think by the end of April that should should all be out, and we'll be updating um, the logo on the Twitter account, etc. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully by the end of April that'll that'll be good to go. But that is all going to look absolutely fantastic. I mean, the new website, guys, if you're listening, it really does. It just sums everything up. Instead of looking at a little crappy page that we we put together aside, one of our listeners, and I, I do apologise now, I haven't really exactly. been in. What's yeah. his name? Adam, Adam Howe, so a really, really big shout out Adam again Howe. to Adam, who's done a fantastic job of putting the back end in for that, and yeah. it makes it so easy for us to update the content. Everything I put on there, I, I was off work Friday before before last, and to put all of that content in took me a, a couple of hours, 
and that's including cleaning it all up and putting the audio and everything in. Yeah. You know, he's made it so easy to do. It really does look fantastic. So, yeah. brilliant. Thanks for that, Adam. Yeah, I mean, Adam, you've done a fantastic job. It looks absolutely superb. So, thanks ever so much. I mean, yeah, I really, I really can't wait for us to uh, unleash that on the listeners. I think that's uh, it's it's, it's going to take Checkmate up to the next level. I would think. Yeah. Now, if, if 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 you don't mind, I would just like it to put out a personal request here. Um, yeah, I was going to ask Wayne, but I never actually got a chance to ask him. So I was going to ask him tonight, but he's off ill. I am currently, listeners, raising money for charity. Um, I am raising money for the Hospice of St. Francis, um, which are a charity that look after um, people who have got cancer in, in you know the last sort of days. Um, they looked after my granddad for me um, a few years ago, and they're absolutely fantastic. Now, I am getting my legs waxed on the Ooh. 7th. Yeah, exactly. I am getting my legs waxed on the 7th of May. The whole, both of my legs, the whole of the legs, completely waxed. I'm not shaving them beforehand to make it less painful. I am going to go for it. And I am hoping, and I'm also growing a beard. Now, obviously... <laughs> What I'll try and do is I'll, I'll get a before picture up on the website and I'll give you that. I'll try and put some pictures up there of how it's going at the moment. Well, we'll send that. We'll send those out on Twitter so we can give a, a, yeah. an update every couple of days or so. And I'll tell you what, guys. I will put a, a post out on Twitter about half past six tomorrow morning when I'm at work. I'll take a picture of myself, put it on Facebook. I used to be uh, on Twitter. Sorry, I used to be clean shaven. It's been three weeks now. I'm not. I'm not trying to stout um, a stud or anything. There's nothing there, really. Oh. <laughs> but um, I'm really trying to raise some money for this worthy cause. Now, I've got a Just Giving page um, where you can go. Now, it's www.justgiving.com forward slash pulled, and then there's that little dash in the middle, and then it's drink water. If you go to that page, you can go to my page where it shows that, that, that I'm, I'm trying to raise some money. I'm not asking you to give me a thousand pounds or anything like that, but if anybody could just donate 50p or $50 or wherever you are, everything would be really appreciated. It's a really worthy cause. I know you've probably got causes in, in, in whichever country you're in at the moment, but this is what I'm doing at the moment. So I'm growing a beard, I'm getting my legs waxed, um, which isn't going to be comfortable at all, and the beard's drive me insane at the moment. But if anybody would be kind enough to donate, I'd really appreciate it. It'd be really lovely for everybody. Um, but as I say, it's www.justgiving.com, and it's forward slash Paul, and then that little dash and drink water. But thank you very much. Okay, cool. Wait, yeah, wait, wait. Okay. Oh, sorry, I've done my little promotion. That's all right, that's all right. That's, that's, that's <laughs> absolutely fine. No, we were just talking about the website, so yeah, I'm really, really excited. I mean, that, that, I mean that, I, that as I said, I've only had a quick look at that. It looks absolutely superb. I mean, we you, we used Mr. Site to start with, because I've used it before for a website, and, and it worked all right, but it's very limited in what it can do. It is. It is. It was uh, very limited. As soon as I got access to it and I had a look and thought, oh dear. Yeah, I must admit, even yeah. when I, I've used it in the past, I've accessed it and gone... Uh, it's a little bit clicky. I don't like clunky. Clunky is yeah. my word at the moment, and I think it describes a lot of things very, very well. Yes. But whereas Adam's website that he's done, you just look at it and you go, "Wow, why?" I'm, you know, you expect to look into the, the address bar and see www.starshrek.com. Yes. It looks that professional. It's fantastic. It really, really does. So I'm, I, I'm really, really excited about that, and I can't wait for the listeners to see that. So hopefully, in the next few weeks, like. Next few weeks, like I said, we've got a couple of little surprises, a couple of extra little things which are going to go on there. 
um, before it goes live. And there's one or two little things I think Adam wants to do with the styling, etc. But yeah. it's going to be amazing. So uh, look yeah. forward to that. Good. Really does. Oh, and um, Jacqueline, if you're listening, I need to apologise. Wayne said something to me earlier, and he said, apologise to Jacqueline because blah, 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 blah. Unfortunately, I can't remember what the blah, 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 blah was. So, Jacqueline, if you find yourself you're listening this evening and we've missed something or we've done something, please accept our apologies. Wayne knew what it was and he asked me to apologise to you, but I've forgotten what it was. But you're a fantastic listener. Okay, I saw a tweet she'd replied and said um, she wasn't sure what format to send oh, the T-shirt entry to. Was that it? You are a legend. Right. Jack- Was that it? Yes, that is yes. Jacqueline. Oh, Mark, sorry, you're a legend. Jacqueline, um, the T-shirt competition, thank you so much for your entries. What we're hoping to get is something either in an Adobe Illustrator file or Adobe Photoshop file. The only reason being is that the company that we get to do the T-shirts and everything work best with vector photos. Yes, rather than JPEGs. Yeah, yeah if you save them as JPEG, you, you, you can only really blow them up to sort of A4, maybe A3, without losing quality. Yeah. If you do it in an AI file or um, or on the other, the Photoshop files, you can actually blow it up to the size of a building and it doesn't matter. It doesn't lose any data qualities. And if anybody, anybody wants to get their entries in for the T-shirt competition to design a new Trekmate T-shirt, the deadline has passed and we've had a lot of fantastic entries, but anything that does come in, we will still consider. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't actually seen any of those yet, so... I haven't. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing them. Well, come on. Wayne wouldn't give you the password for the email. I, <laughs> I asked for it, and now he's in solitary, so... <laughs> we'll have to wait for him to forward those on, but, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing those entries. So, yeah, if you haven't got one in, then uh, by all means, although the date has passed, that was yesterday, that was the 24th, I'm sure if you manage to sneak a quick entry in, it'll still be considered. Yeah. Of course it will, of course it will. But as I said, if you can do it, and if you are that, I know not everybody's okay with computers and whatnot, but if you can do it in an Adobe Illustrator file or a .tiff file or an AI file, something like that, it makes it much easier for us, or a vector file, because we can just send it off to the people, and, you know, we want to get big banners done for when we have our convention and stuff. And if we can do that, we can blow them up as big as we want and just advertise ourselves everywhere. Yeah, that'd be really cool. It will be. Good. Okay, well, I think uh, we've uh, had enough of a little catch-up there, so I think... Yeah, that lasted 20 minutes, didn't it? It did, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's time for this. Time for Trek News on the Trekmate Podcast. Okay, yes, so it's, uh, it's time for the news. A little bit of a quiet news week this week. Um, There's not been much out there, has there? No, there hasn't. So the, the only thing I've, I've been able to pick up that's really quite relevant was the, uh, the security on the set of the new movie. And oh. that, uh, yeah, J.J. Abrams, he uh, wasn't, obviously wasn't too happy about the, those photos getting leaked a few weeks ago. So what he's done, he's basically erected a wall around the, uh, the, the site where they're filming. What he's done, he's got a load of those uh, those shipping containers that they get on, on those big cargo ships, and he's put about 30 of them together in this long wall to try and stop photographers uh, from from getting getting shots of the uh, shots of the new movie. So, 
I think if anyone is out there and wants to, you know, to get a sneak peek, I think they're going to have to hire a helicopter and and fly in from above. So, yeah, another thing that he's also said: the the actors themselves have been uh, sworn to secrecy on the on the new movie on the plot, and I think Simon Pegg was talking about that. And um, he's basically been sworn to secrecy. So he's been quite active on Twitter as well, though, hasn't he? He has, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've seen a couple of posts from him that saying stuff about the film, but I presume that I might not see that much of it at all now. Yeah, that's it. I mean, he hasn't really given away any plots, but they've all been told to, you know, to try and keep this under wraps and, and keep it a secret because. I must admit, you know, I think he, I, does wanna, he does want to keep it under wraps, and I, I, can, I can't I, understand I, that. Yeah, I think I appreciate that more because you get some films when they're going to come, they say, oh, you know, all the hype going up to it. They go, oh, yeah, so-and-so's doing this and so-and-so's doing that. And it's like you see the pictures and like, well, he's fighting that person. So what's going to happen there? And so, yeah. But when it comes around to actually watching the film, and if they're all pally at the beginning, you go, well, actually, he's going to end up fighting them because I've seen the pictures. I would much rather, I think I did the same with Nemesis and Insurrection. Um I, I didn't know anything about them before I watched them. I made a point of not knowing, so I could just sit down and enjoy it to the the fullness of the film. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, this, so yeah, if J.J. Uh, Abrams has his way, there's not going to be an awful lot leaking out about the new movie. But um, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll hear something over the next few months. I'm sure it's very difficult to keep those sorts of things under wraps. So yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure something about that will leak out. Yeah. Other than that, the only the only other sort of fairly big event this week was uh, William Shatner's birthday. Yes, yes, and I noticed that on Twitter everybody wished him a happy birthday. Even um, oh, I saw loads of it. I mean, I don't often see that many people on Twitter. I'm new to Twitter. I don't really understand how it works. <laughs> but I mean, I, I I saw Leonard Nimoy, uh, Brent Spiner. I mean, I see Brent Spiner posting on there all the time. Yeah, Brent Spiner is quite active on Twitter. He really is. I mean, I even saw one from Lavar Burton, I think, and. Um, Jonathan Frakes yes. to, to, to William Shatner saying, you know, to, here's to the Star Trek legend and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, that's nice, you know. He was, yeah. He was 81. 81? 81 years old. And you I'm not being him, funny, he... but if you see him on telly, you wouldn't think he was over... Well, you, you wouldn't think he was over sort of 67, would you? No. I, I would say he looks about mid-60s. He's done very, very well for himself. I don't know yeah. if he's had surgery. No, I, don't, I don't want to sort of put the guy down. I don't know if he's had surgery or anything, but for 81 years old, he looks very good, I have to say. I just love the way he speaks, because how many people have emulated it in, the, in the world when he goes, I just want to celebrate yes. my, my birthday with everyone. <laughs> There's always that sort of pause. Yes, he's brilliant, that. isn't he? He really is brilliant. But he, but he, he's a really good character because yeah. he knows he talks like that, but he's, he's not afraid to t- take the mickey out of himself and send himself up, is he? That's the best thing, though. If somebody is willing to take the piss out of themselves and you can actually have a laugh about it, it makes it so much more enjoyable. Because yeah, if somebody's got some sort of something they do, and you, I mean, I, I, I'm a bit dappy and I'm a bit silly and I do quirky things, and people take the piss out of me, but we have a laugh about it, and it makes it so much funnier, and everybody enjoys it then. Yeah, he so doesn't take he himself too seriously, does he? Yeah, no, I don't take myself seriously at all. And but then if you've got somebody who you go, oh that was great because you did that, they go, well I didn't mean to. It's like, oh, oh well I'm really sorry, I I didn't mean to offend. <laughs> it sort of kills the atmosphere. But you know, if yeah. you just 
you know, if everybody just lives in that sort of, lives in the moment, you could say, you know, enjoys everybody's company and everybody's little thoughts and their quirks and everything, oh, there will be a much nicer place. It certainly would. It certainly yeah. would. So, uh, happy birthday, William Shatner. 81 years. That's, uh, that amazed me when I saw young. I can't believe that. Well, I saw that and thought, no, that, that can't be right. 81. Uh, many. Absolutely incredible. Happy returns. Yes, very, many more to come. Indeed, indeed. I mean, that's the only thing I'm starting to worry about now. And it, this may sound a little bit, you know, downhearted and better. But, you know, I, I'm, what, what I'm worried about is that one day I'm going to turn the news on and they say, oh, William Shatner has passed away. Well, Leonard Nimoy has passed away. Yes. Well. I mean, it was bad enough when old Scotty and Bones went. I mean, yes, I know. We lost, we lost to Forrest Kelly in 1999. And I think okay. we lost James Dewan in around 2004, yeah, um, it's and really sad to see those legends actually it is. rest, and it, it is a shame. It really is. Mm, it but is a part of life, but it is very, very sad. Every so. time, and and as Jack Clay would know, with your frogs. Oh, did you see the pictures on Twitter? What was that? Sorry, with Jack. Oh, Clay. the frogs. Yes, the frogs. Nice frogs yes. You know, I felt so sorry for those little guys. The, the picture that he showed first it looked like the frog was alive. Yeah. I was like, oh, it looks like such a happy frog. And then the next thing you see, it's pinned open and its stomach's everywhere. And you're just like, oh. Yeah, I, 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 did I, that love I, I, did, I didn't do frogs at school. I did rats. And then at, uni- <laughs> at university, I, I dissected a lamb once. You dissected a lamb? Yes. That Although it, it, wasn't, it wasn't killed specifically for dissection because it was from a working farm. So it was a lamb that had died of natural causes. I mean, they, they don't kill lambs for... For dissection because no. they were money. This was this was well, a was, creature that, that had, had expensive way of doing it. It is a very expensive way. It was I a mean, lamb that had died naturally. Um, I, I dissected that. Vegetarians, I apologise now, but occasionally instead of buying my meat at the shops like Sainsbury's, Tesco's, and ASDA and all the other ones, I actually go to an abattoir and I'll spend about 130 pounds, 150 pounds. I'll get half a pig and half a sheep. So you get all your sausages and you get your lamb chops and your pork chops and your belly pork and your roasting joints and everything. It's lovely. Yeah. But but you know, I get half a lamb and I, you know that's like seventy five quid or something. And if you were dissecting a whole one, yeah. I mean, wow. <laughs> but those quite that was quite like an experience. I don't think they're actually allowed to sell them, are they? Because it's, you know something's. No, well, it was from it was from the um, the farm attached to the university I went to, so. You know, they, they, any, anything that died like that, they could donate to to uh, us students to uh, to carve up. And I, I expect they got some money for actually donating them over as well. You know, even, even if it wasn't like here's the money for the sheep or the cow or whatever, it was well here's some money to say thank you very much for donating. Yes. What not to us? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not being funny, but I bet that's how Starfleet Medical got how it is today. Probably. Yeah, they would have dissected tribbles and uh, targs and uh, all sorts of things. Yeah, that's probably why they had to <laughs> evacuate San Francisco that time through all the bloody tribbles. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, so... I, I uh, that we digress. Where were we? We were, we were on William Shatner's birthday. We were, right. we, were, we were talking about the news. Yeah, that's right. I've got to apologise, because once I've had a drink, I waffle on about anything for hours. <laughs> so. That's all right. So that's, that's it for the news, really. A bit of a slow news week. Um, not much else happening. There's no no new news from Star Trek London. No, do you know I actually I've actually signed up for that as well, and I've had no emails. I signed no. up 
No emails have gone out. The only thing they've revealed so far is, is, is the dates, and speculation is rife out there. It is still looking like a convention, but uh, hopefully, I was hoping to have heard something by now, but hopefully in the next week or so we'll, we will get some more details. So. Well, all I can say on behalf of Trekmate here is, and this is from myself, but I expect uh, you, Mark, and Wayne will agree, that if this is a convention, Trekmate will be there. All oh, yeah. three of us, oh, yeah. we we will be doing a live podcast on site. Yes, so um, I'll be there. I'll be there in uniform and Vulcaneers. And yeah, yes, you're absolutely. If you're a bastard. You've got Vulcaneers. I've got nothing. <laughs> I haven't even got a deep space. Now. I'm six foot four. I'm skinny, and I'm I'm skinny, and I'm tall. Yeah, it's really I'm, hard. I'm, I'm six foot tall and skinny, so yeah, it's going to be difficult to yeah. to get uniform that's going to that's going to fit well, properly. Yeah. It's a nightmare for me. But you know, I would be really. Now this is going to sound really bad here. I am. I am what I think I would call a surrogate trek. I don't or trekker. I don't. You know, I love it. I absolutely love it. I live and breathe it. But I get a little bit embarrassed when my friends find out because they take the piss all the time because they don't appreciate it as I do. Yeah, I would love, I would love nothing else to have a uniform. And do you know what? Do you watch The Big Bang Theory? Yes. I would love nothing more, nothing more in the world to be um, in that room with Raj's girlfriend, with her dressed up as a hura. Yeah. Oh, oh, that would do me completely. I'd be a happy chappy. And if anybody is interested, by the way... Paul at Trekmate is now single. I'm not <laughs> married three. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was a, such a fact. And I love the fact that on on the um, Big Bang Theory, they do bring up Star Trek so much. Uh, there's either subtle... There is, yeah. Well, you've seen, uh, you've seen Leonard, Leonard Nimoy is going to be up on, on an upcoming show. He's been, yes, he's been on there. I've heard. I've heard. Apparently it's in a dream sequence or something. Yes. I, yes, I, I, don't know, I don't know if he's physically there or if it's just his voice, but he appears to Sheldon in a dream. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, I've seen the rumours, though, and I am excited. I mean, I love the Big Bang Theory. I think it's fantastic. I mean, yeah, I only started watching it about a week or so ago, so I'm, I'm really? starting to catch up. I've never actually watched it. So I started with, uh, with season one, and my wife and I have started to plough our way through them. And um, I don't think she likes it quite as much as I do. Uh, but she'll sit and watch it with me, much as she does with Star Trek, to be honest. Oh, uh, well, I, I just, I just think you should be thankful that you've got such an understanding wife. Well, when, when it came to Star Trek, when we met, it was like, well, I like Star Trek, and she'd never really watched it before, and it's like, well, I'm watching Star Trek. Yeah. If you want to watch it? You can watch it with me, and she does watch it with me. Um, she doesn't get it quite as much as I do, but she, she does like DS9. Yeah. Yeah. I think I find that with a lot of women, their favourite season uh, series for some reason is, is Deep Space Nine. Well, I'm looking for our next uh, episode review. I'm really looking forward to the next episode review. Yes, that's my CJR five five eight is my episode, and I love it. Yeah, that, that that is a really good episode. So I'm actually I'm actually well due for a um, a rewatch of DS Nine. So I'm currently finishing off uh, season four of Enterprise. As soon as I'm done that. I'm going to go back and I'm going to start rewatching DS9 from uh, episode one because it's been a while since I've done a full review. <coughs> so I'm more than due for that. Well, the problem is I had the whole of, of Next Gen on video. I had more. Well, uh, I was probably absent about 17, 18 videos. But I'm not being funny. From season one to seven, there were hundreds 
and hundreds of videos. Yeah, it's 175 um, episodes there. Yeah. I think, I think on VHS they put two episodes, didn't they? Yeah, two, two episodes yeah. of video. Yeah. So you've got like nearly 100 cassettes there. Yeah, and I live in a bookshelf in my bedroom and I actually had them numbered. And where the gaps were, I left gaps. And I just got, you know, it was just immense. It really was. And it got to the point that DVD came out, I knew video, so I sold my whole collection. Mm. Um, and I must admit, I was doing a car boot sale with Wayne at the time, which was, what, what did we decide car boot sale was in America? It's a, um, oh, what do they call it? A... Oh, well, fuck it, I don't know. Um, it's not a garage sale, because that's out of a... Yeah, basically, yeah. basically, guys, I can't remember the name of it, but there's a big, big buddy field. And everybody drives down there with this crap little one that's in the back of the car. And they open it up. They put a table out in rows and, and all the stuff's on it. And you, you just go along and say, oh, how much is that? And they say, oh, five or five dollars, ten dollars. Oh, five dollars, ten dollars. And then job, job. And you try and talk them down, yeah. Yeah, job done. And I remember I sold all my next gens. And I, I'm not being funny. They must have cost me about 300 quid. Yeah. All in all. I mean, I'm in a car boot sale. I mean, I... I had beat Wayne to hell on the uh, the fat files, the Star Trek fat files. And I think they came out every week for about five years or something yes, like that. Yes, I remember those. And I, I think they were like 250 or something, a, a copy or something like that. And I went over a car boot sale one year. It was about three, four years into the actual fat files being there. And I brought about four years worth of fat, well, four years worth of fat files for a fiver. <laughs> And Wayne was spitting feathers. Oh, baby. He was like, I've brought all of these. I spent like 500 pounds on all of these. And you got them for a fiver over the bloody car boot sale. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this was probably actually mentioned in one of the first episodes of Trek, mate. I think, I think, it, I think it was, actually. Yeah, I, I do think I remember listening to that. But it was brilliant. But then I went on eBay recently. I thought, I sort of went through a phase and I sort of dropped out of Star Trek for a little bit. I had too much to focus on with work and everything. So, but unfortunately, I must say, and I, I did, sort of did, I felt sorry for myself afterwards, because I lost out on about two, three months of the Star Trek, but I came out of it again, I was like, right, I've only got two episodes, uh, two seasons of Deep Space Nine DVD at the moment, because I've sold all my VHSs, the, the videos, so I went on eBay, and I managed to get the whole of Next Gen, seasons one to seven, for 70 quid. That's really and, good. Oh, I was laughing. Because yeah. when they first came out, they were like 50, 60 quid each. Yeah. Well, no, they weren't. That's a lie. They were about 30, 40 quid each. But still, for all those seasons, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, of course, you're going to have to buy them all on Blu-ray now. Well, the thing is... They're I'm coming not... out on Blu-ray this year. I am so buying them. I know. I'm I love so... Next Generation. It's, it's, my, it's, my, it's my series, Next Generation, <laughs> so... As soon as they come out, I am buying them on Blu-ray. Thing is, though, I've got I've got Blu-ray player. I have a Blu-ray player, and I've got the widescreen TV, and I've got the Bose surround sound system. I have got the works. I mean, I love my sound and music and stuff. When it comes back, but I don't know if I can justify getting all of them again on Blu-ray. What I would like to do is be able to take a step back in time, not buy them on DVD. And then just go, right, let's buy them all on Blu-ray. Yeah, because they're, they're going to be about, I mean, for a season, it's easily going to be 40, 50 quid on Blu-ray for a season, well, I reckon. Each season? Yeah, I reckon, easily that on Blu-ray. Cause they're all... I brought them all on DVD for 70 quid and can upscale them on my DVD player. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know yeah, it's not... You, yeah, but you're not going to get all of the uh, all of the 
new effects. Remastered effects. And... Yeah, but, um, but I think sometimes you just need to... If I was earning a lot more money, then I would I'd actually go, actually, you know, sod it. You know, I mean, not being funny, if I won the lottery, I, my house would be a lovely house, but it would have a, the car system as um, light switches and everything. Oh, yeah, so would mine. Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm definitely buying this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treat myself. If DS9 or Voyager came out on Blu-ray, I might hesitate before buying them. But since it's TNG, I'm buying them on Blu-ray as soon as they come out. So I, I can't wait for that. And I must say, I've actually seen the quality. I mean, I watched uh, Encounter at Farpoint on original, and I've got it on DVD and everything. And it was a fantastic episode. But I've actually seen... On the adverts for it, was only it wasn't that night of adverts for, uh, adverts for long, I must say. Mm. But I've seen it on the adverts. It's amazing. I mean, I've got and the it next shows you like this this little blue blob of this thing going up, but then it shows you the remastered copy, and you can actually see what it is. Yes, you can actually see inside of it, and you know I, I've got that. And when when you have that scene on the holodeck where we see Wesley for the first time and we see Data. And they're walking oh, through, and they've got they've got this green vegetation, and it is just so crisp and sharp and green. It looks absolutely yeah. fantastic. It makes me wonder what they do because I know on the original series when they've updated stuff, they've actually changed it majorly, like from a very basic space station to you yeah. I mean, they did on the space station, the stars behind it, and all that. Yeah, that I mean, they stuff. didn't change it majorly. They they did it very sympathetically, I thought. So when they go into orbit around a planet, rather than it being this sort of blob, they you were would, blobs, you, would see, you would see a continent on there and clouds. You've spoken about this. There. I think you might have spoken to Wayne about yeah. this when I was off air. Yeah. I've, I've listened to the podcast. I, I vaguely remember. Yeah. They, they did a really good job of that. So yeah. yeah, and I think they've done equally, uh, from what I've seen so far, equally as good a job on the next generation. So. Yeah. Um, quick question. Anyway, anyway. Oh, that... Hey, quick question for you. What what topic are we on? <laughs> that was news. I was just going to say. Anyway, that was the news. The news. That was news. Oh, Wayne, I'm sorry. Well, no, sorry. You digress. Well, well, the listeners know here at Trekmate, we, we never like digress. digress. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, yeah, let, let's wrap up the news with the with the general rant from me and Paul about car boot sales. Welcome to uh, Car Boot Mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bringing your daily Sunday dose of uh, where to buy and where not to. <laughs> <laughs> let's, wrap, let's wrap that up and head on over to this. Enterprise, Lieutenant Uhura here. Back for emails on the Trackmate podcast. Yes, and it's time for uh, time for our email section again. How many emails have we had this week, then, Paul? Well, I've got two. You got two. Okay, brilliant. Better than a kick in the bottom at the end of the day. Absolutely. So who have we had emails from this week? Well, well, I've got one here that is from Rene Roberts, and it says, Hello to the Trekmate team. Hello. Hello. And uh, Wayne says, Hello. (laughs) (laughs) From far off in the brig, he he said, Hello. (laughs) Quiet. Peasant. Um, it says, I heard about you from the Trechnologic podcast and decided to tune in. I really love all the episodes that I've listened to so far. Name that Trek from your last episode was very tough, but I at least recognise Jonathan Archer as one of the voices. You've got a new regular listener, and I'm looking forward to future episodes. 
Oh, that's brilliant news. No, that's fantastic. It's always nice to hear that somebody else wants to listen. Yes, it um, is. It says, good, uh, live long and prosper and keep up the good work. Cheers, Emress, a.k.a. Oh. Renee Roberts. Oh, well, thank you very much. It's, it's great that we've had a listener from another podcast. And, uh, yeah, yeah te- Technologic's a great one. Um, Wayne put me onto that a few weeks ago. And, yeah, uh, yeah it's, a, it's a really good podcast. So if you, if you haven't listened to it yet, then head on over to uh, trickinologic.com and give it a listen. It uh, really is a, a fun podcast. Well, I'll tell you what I will do, because I haven't yet, so I'll have a, have a listen to Trekinologic. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little different from our show. They do, they do episode reviews. And, uh, I'll be like uh, uh, Gavin Codron. Yeah, a little like that, but they, they, they'll do reviews from all seasons. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's well worth a listen. It's really funny. Yeah. They do a really good job. So uh, thanks for the – they must have given us a shout-out there. I must have missed the episode where they've done that. But uh, thanks for the shout-out, and it's great to get a listener from, from that show. So thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, we've got another email here from Cena, which sounds interesting from a quick uh, flick-through. It says, hello, guys. I've been stuck in the federal courthouse all day. Oh. And just now unable to email. No, I am not in trouble. I am here for mediation. Well, well done, Cena. We wouldn't think anything less of you. No, and if you were in trouble, we would support you. It says, uh, only have time for a quick note. Bear with me for two seconds, guys. My oven's beeping. <laughs> if I don't turn it off, my house will set on fire, and I won't be able to watch Star Trek because my TV will be burnt. But the email reads, only have time for a quick note. It says, first, welcome back, Paul. Lovely. Thank you, Cena. It's lovely to be back. I did miss you all. It was a bit of a rough time, but I'm here now. Um, it's so good to hear you again. So, what is better than three bits, three Brits doing a Star Trek podcast? And the answer apparently is four Brits. It was great to hear Colin and all of you. Yes, of course, yeah. It was great to have Colin on the show. Yeah, it was really good. And it says, we'll email you more later. Thanks, thanks you for your podcast, Cena. Well, Cena, you're the more than welcome. We're happy to do it. We enjoy doing it, and that's the only reason we do do it. That's right. If we didn't enjoy it, we wouldn't do it. So uh, thanks thanks for your email, Cena. Yeah. Um, now, I must admit, Wayne's, Wayne's not here this evening. He's been a very naughty boy, and he's suffering the punishment. But he has sent me an email, and it says, Please, please, please thank everybody who has donated. To the website. Yes, thank you, for, thanks, thank you very much for all of those donations. They, uh, l- like we say, it does it it does cost us money to uh, to run the podcast and and to host uh, the website. So uh, yeah, a lot of big thanks out there to everyone who has donated. And uh, as we've said before, for everyone who has donated, I think Wayne said up until mid-April sometime. I can't remember the exact date. I'd have to check back. Um, for everyone who's donated to that point, we will be recording a special podcast only for those people who've donated to the website. So uh, for everyone who has, thank you very much, and you shall be receiving your exclusive podcast probably sometime before the end of April. So uh, yeah. thanks for donating. Yeah, that's what he says. He's put us on there. Thanks to everybody who's donated. And please do mention that everybody who does donate will get an exclusive pod in April. So we really do appreciate it. Thank you. Because it's, it's, not, it's, you know, it's not free. We do it because we love doing it, but if you guys enjoy it and you, you know, you donate a little bit just to say thank you, it does cover the cost of us doing it, and we, we it love doing it and, it, and it's fantastic. He's also put on here, also please mention trekradio.net. 
because we are played on there Wednesdays at 10 a.m. EST. So thank you very much, TrekRadio.net, and we love the fact that you play us at 10 a.m. EST. Yeah, that's 3 p.m. UK time. So if you want to head on over there and uh, ch- chat along. Three, uh, it's 3 p.m. Oh, 3 p.m.? 3 p.m., yeah. 3 p.m. here is not too bad. No, that's okay. So if you want to... Uh, listen along and uh, chat with other uh, like-minded Trek listeners. They've got an IRC channel, so you can listen and, and chat along. I haven't actually had the chance to do that yet, no, to, right. to log on there and, and listen, but um, yeah, I, I really will try and uh, try and do that and uh, give some of the other shows on there a listen. Yeah, fantastic. Lovely job. Well, thank you, Senior, for the email, and uh, thank you, Renee Roberts, as well, also yeah. known as MRS. Yeah, thank you very much for that. It's uh, always nice to hear from the listeners, so uh, thanks very much. Yes. That's it for the emails, so I think it's time for this. And now it's time for the topic of the week on Tripnik Podcast. Yes, and it's time for the topic of the week. And topic, the topic of the week. Topic of the week. And the topic this week is... The Ferengi. Oh, those big-eared little commercial fiends. Little trolls, yes. Uh, the Ferengi are quite interesting uh, from many perspectives because they were introduced, obviously, in uh, in The Next Generation, and early on they were portrayed, or they were meant to be the Federation's new big threat, which was quite interesting, really, because... Well, actually, I... After you look at the whole series, it's kind of absurd, really. It, it is. It is absurd. There's it's no absurd. way that the Ferengi could ever be a threat. I mean, yeah. Yeah, because some of the next gen episodes, they had big ships. Yes. But it's the Ferengi Marauder was never any match to anything else. No, it wasn't. And, it, um, was, it was pathetic. It was, and obviously they they had the Klingons with the with the big enemies in the original series, but obviously yeah. by the time the next generation came along. Peace had more or less been established with the Klingon Empire, and uh, the writers knew that they needed a new enemy, so they came up with the Ferengi. And they are mentioned in Encounter at Farpoint. And yeah. um, when Picard talks to the guy on Farpoint Station, and he mentions that they were thinking of going into a deal with the Ferengi, and he says, uh, I hope they find you as tasty as they did their last associates. So that really paints quite a gruesome picture of the Ferengi. Yeah. And then they show up in an episode fairly early on in season one. Um, and they're, <laughs> they're just quite laughable characters. They're so docile, aren't they? There's nothing aggressive about them. No. It's like two ducks that walked up to you with, um, I don't know, with some sort of, you know, very underhand notion of saying, you know, can you get us some, can you get us some cheap bread? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they they do, and they're, they're very odd because you remember in those episodes very early on, the Ferengi, they didn't walk around like everyone else. They had this really sort of weird way that they would sort of skulk about. Yeah, they sort yeah. of bent over double, and exactly, it was really really odd, wasn't it? And they had these amazing hollow whips. Yeah. Remember those? They would pull those out and... Yeah, they just... Strike. I mean, Riker got hit well by those more than I can remember anybody else. Yeah. But but then you get to Deep Space Nine, you've got Quark and Rom and stuff, and it's just like, well, um, they're really just into the business side of things. Where's the whips? Where's the chains? Yeah, yeah. So they, 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 they were very odd. 
they were, like I said, they were introduced as a threat, but I think they realised very, very early on. I think there were two episodes in season one of TNG showing the Ferengi, and it was obvious from the writers that they just weren't going to, to cut it as an enemy. And that was when uh, they introduced... Remember the episode Conspiracy, where they have those little bugs that were invading people's heads? Yes, yes. Yes. So, so they were meant to be a new enemy. And if you remember rightly, at the end of that episode, they send off a signal to... Uh, yeah, I think, and nothing I think became of him. Well, well... That, you know, that was probably one of the most graphic scenes you'll get yes. in Star Trek, with Matey Boy sitting there, and uh, the whole of his head and shoulders blowing up, and you left yes. the skeleton. Yeah, they made nothing of it. Well, what that was meant to be, because I did some reading on this. Oh, lovely. The, the intention was that they'd sent the signal off into space, and then sometime in a later season, these creatures would return. But um, I guess the writers looked at those creatures and thought they probably weren't practical, and they were replaced with the Borg. Yeah, I mean, that, that was, would have that been was the original. That was the original intention, that they'd sent the signal off to the Delta Quadrant, and they'd, um, by, by, you know, se- love, by, se- love- by season two, those creatures had then come in for a full-scale invasion, but yeah, they, they never actually uh, followed that up. I mean, I love that episode, where all of a sudden you can see from one starbase, it's actually portraying out in a cone-like fashion. So you can see what's happening, you know that they're taking hold. Yes, I really do think they could have made that in such a into such a more enticing enemy. They could have really made something of that. Yes, they could. I yeah. mean, especially with what they did with it. I mean, I think that the the fact that when they both um, Kyle and Riker shot their phases at him and he exploded, and the graphic intensity of what was left, yeah, was enough to at least warrant a follow up. Yes, it was, but they they never actually followed that up, and that is a real shame. Hmm. But anyway, yeah, back to the Ferengi. So, Sorry. The, uh, yeah, no, 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 that was a slight digression, but that, that was part of what they, they tried to do. They realised that the Ferengi weren't, they just weren't threatening at all. They were they were jokes, really. They were. There's probably about three or four other episodes, I think, in TNG where the Ferengi show up. Yeah. And they're just, they're just these really f- comical, little screaming, little trolls. They're trolls, don't they? Yeah, the little, little trolls, and they're just interested in money and what they can gain, and they're little cowards as well, aren't they? Oh, oh not without a doubt. Yeah, if they get away with anything, they will do it. Yeah, slimy little buggers, aren't they? Yeah. Of course, it was. Um, it was when. Uh, so the Frenchy in D- in TNG were quite jokey characters, but it was really when DS9 started that. The Ferengi came into their own, wasn't it? I mean, I mean, Quark made it. Yes. Quark and Rom and Nog made it. They were brilliant. Yeah. So we, so f- uh, there's a lot. Obviously, obviously Quark and, and and Nog are in most episodes, but there are quite a few where we we actually do get some in-depth uh, details into the Ferengi character, and, and we and we well, see uh, the in, um, we see their home comes in. Well. I mean, Moogie's quite, quite, I, I would say that as soon as Moogie started doing the Grand Nagus. Moogie. Moogie. She, she changed the tide for the whole of the Springy Nation. She did, yeah. Yeah, she was, she was a really important character, was Ishka. Yeah, mm. yeah so, uh, 
Oh, God, I bollocks that up, didn't I? You'll have to cut that bit. What <laughs> <laughs> bit? Just that bit where I just paused and bollocks that up. That's all right. So we're talking about Ish. Yeah, it's all right. You had a mouthful of food. So we're talking about Ishka. Mm. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Right. We'll start again from, from this bit. So remember to cut at this point and then start again. Okay. Yeah, so, so Ishka was, uh, she was uh, Ish- a good friend of the, uh, the Nagus, wasn't she? Ish- is that Ron's mum? Yes, her Ish- name was Ishka. M- Moogie is a, I guess Moogie, it means mummy. Yeah. I guess it means mummy. Mm. So Ishka was a, a good friend of uh, Zek, wasn't she, the Grand Nagus? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the, he, he was a really interesting character. I thought, I thought Zek was, was brilliant. I, I really enjoyed I the way he voice. He had a really, really brilliant... His voice, because he was that high-pitched, it really made it for me. You know, he's like, you know, it was that sort of pitch that it distinguished... (coughs) Sorry. Distinguished himself from everybody else. Yes. Yeah, I really really enjoyed him, and I'm pretty sure I've seen that actor in... um, I've seen him in, in, in a few other things as well, and I'm pretty sure he has been in, in some other Star Trek episodes, but I just cannot yeah. remember. Well, the um, only thing I can remember is that the guy who played Quark, Armin Shimmerman, yes. was also the headmaster in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He was, yes. And he was also in the first Ferengi episode, which was the last out- outpost as well. Really? He was, one, he was one of the Ferengi on that planet. If you go back and watch the last episode, which is probably about uh, the last outpost, sorry. It's called the last outpost, yeah? Yes, so it's probably it's probably within about the first ten episodes of season one of TNG. And you go back and have a look. There is the young Armin Shimmerman uh, playing one of the lead Ferengi there. Oh, brilliant. I have to have a look for that. Look for that. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't notice it unless you went back and looked carefully. Yeah, but he is there, and yeah, it, I mean he was he did so much. I think uh, Armin Shimmerman to to promote the yeah. Ferengi, and he was just so so brilliant as Quark. But I must admit, saying that, I was watching a film a, a week or so ago, and for about an hour and a half, I was thinking, I know that actor, I know that actor, I don't know what he's been in. It wasn't until I looked up on my phone, it actually turned out to be the guy who played Gold to Cut. Oh, uh, Mark Alamo. Yeah, and he was in a, an, a sort of a gangster film or something. But I was just thinking, I know you. Mm. Who are you? And it, and it wasn't, I was like, oh, wow. That's brilliant, you were in Star Trek. Yes. You, you, see, you do see a lot of those actors pop up on other things, and I'll, yep. see, I'll, I'll see that and say to my missus, I've seen him, he was in that episode of DS9 where he played someone, and she'll just look at me and go, geek. Uh, <laughs> but you see them pop up all over the place, and that's the geeky thing, I look and I go, yes, it's him who played that person in that episode where this happened. Yeah, and they go, oh, shut up. Yes, just look at you and go, That yeah. is not why I married you. Yes, just, just look at you and go, yes, dear. <laughs> yeah, okay, honey. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really did enjoy Quark. I think he, I think without Quark, I think DS9 would wouldn't have been. No, it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been as much of a fun series as it no. was. But as much as much as DS9 was very dark and very gritty in places, it did have a lot of a lot of fun in it, and I would think a lot of that did revolve around the Ferengi. It did. It did. I mean, it always right now. There's anything that had to be dark and dealing and 
untoward is it Quark or Garak? Yes. They were the only two peoples who, if anything was to be, it shouldn't be happening, or it was not allowed, it was Quark or Garak. Yes. They were always there, weren't they? Always had the finger in some, some dodgy pie or some dodgy deal. Exactly. Every pie that was to be had, you could guarantee that there was one, there was a quark, and two, there was a garrick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But um, speaking of quark and his his brother, Rom, he, was, he wasn't he was your typical Ferengi, was he? No, he was awesome, though. He was. I really, really liked. I think at first he was just this really quite sad, pathetic character, wasn't he? He was. I mean, looking back on the episodes now, you start on Deep Space Nine, you see Quark, and you just think, uh, sorry, you see Rom, and you just think, oh, dear. This whiny, that... little, pathetic wimp. Yeah, exactly. But, but then he really was... turned out to have a lot, lot to his character. I think it was when the war started, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, Rom, um, Nog was, sorry, was getting involved in the war. And Rom came into his own, and all of a sudden he was this technical bloody genius. Yeah, he was. He'd, he'd just been a lot. I think Quark had sort of <sighs> put him down a lot, hadn't he? He kept him in his place. And um, when the war came, and it, he was allowed to work with Chief O'Brien, and yeah. he, really, he really did have a lot of talent there in engineering, didn't he? Yeah. 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 And, he mani- and he managed as well to I mean, pull the first Lita. Doctor. He managed to pull Lita. Um, I, 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 know. I, mean, I mean, all, all I credit. For her. All, all credit to the man. Mm. He, he managed to pull a woman like Lita, which you know, has got to take some doing. Yeah. And of course, he, he later becomes Nagus, of course, which is going to uh, going to lead to all sorts of uh, strange, all, all sorts of strange and marvelous things. I think, yeah, for the Ferengi people. So I think. We never, we never really saw what happened after he became Nagus, and that's what well, I think, think I'd really like to see in a future series is yeah. what the what happens to the Ferengi. But I mean, I think the first episode where I realised Rom had any intelligence was when uh, Quark was trying to get into the um, the accounts of the old doctors or something. It was on the station. You know that woman was woman contacted him saying, "Oh, my husband's left this in the wall and all that." Oh yes, and and no, and Ron was like, "Well, I can get into there, brother." And 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 Quark was like, "I oh, know it's silly." And Ron just went, duh, 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 "It was done." Yes. So I bet I, can, I bet I can get into there in under ten seconds. And yeah, he was straight had, in there, straight in there, hacking his yeah. way. In, he, uh... And he said, "Well, how did you do that?" And he said, "Well, I, I've 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 had to get into your safe before to get change outs, brother." Yes. <laughs> and it all went a bit beat tong then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got to, you've got to love Rom, haven't you? He's uh, he was a really he was a really good character and had a lot of personality to him. He did, and I'd love to give Lita one as well. Well, yeah, there's there's all. I mean, she <laughs> was lovely. We talked about the lovely Lita on that was one of my first episodes when we reviewed um, Doctor Pajir, I presume. And, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, she obviously becomes wife to the Nagus and quite an important character, I guess, in uh, in in the, in the new Ferengi society. She is beautiful. I mean, Lisa, or whoever the actress who played Lisa, is listening now. Chase Masterson. Chase Masterson, I will marry you now if you let me. Yes, she's on Twitter, actually. Really? She is, Chase Masterson, or Masterton, I can't remember which it is. 
Oh, she is on Twitter. Her details. Yeah, I'll is send them married? to. I think she probably is. I mean, if you're her, you're you're, you're going to have you're going to be married, aren't you? You're going to have someone in tow. Well, somebody who looks like her, you're going to. Well, yeah, exactly. So uh, you never know. You can always chance your arm there. Well, Rom did. He did absolutely. You know, and she went for Rom, so. Uh, you know, you might just about stand a chance there. Yeah, I might get past the ginger barrier. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, another uh, we've talked about Cork and we've talked about Rom, so we've got to talk about uh, we've got to talk about Nog, haven't we? Well, we have. Now, he was an exceptional young man. He was. He, he was so. He started off as, as like a little bit of a troublemaker, like any young Ferengi, I guess. With Jake, wouldn't he? Yes. Him and yeah, they'd have their little teenage antics and, and get into trouble and Nog was trying to, always trying to pull off some little scam or some little deal, wasn't he? But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, that sort of, not that friendship broke up, as to say, but all of a sudden Nog was part, you know, he's a really dedicated Starfleet officer and he was part of Red Squad. Yeah, he was. So he, he went off to Starfleet Academy and then came back and um, I think one of the standout moments for me was in your one of your favourite episodes, which we're going to be reviewing next week, is in the Siege of AR-558. Exactly. He really exactly. shows himself to be a competent young officer yeah. and uh, loses a leg. Yeah. And, you know, that is a thing for me, because it really brings home to what people... You know, it, it's similar to what people are doing today. Someone loses a leg or something like that, they get prosthetics, because we can do prosthetics now, that's not... Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's saying, oh, it still hurts, it still hurts, you know. I know it's gone, and I know I've got this rip, but, you know, my leg still hurts. But it's psychological. Yeah. It's not actual physical, it's so... And, and you actually see him work through that pain. You see him... And I'm not being funny, but I've had times at work when I've been having a bad time at work or I've been having a bad time in a relationship and I've watched Star Trek and I can relate exactly to what they're saying in Star Trek. Mm, mm. And it really does help you just hone your feelings and what you want to say and what you want to do. Yes. And and it just helps you centre yourself. And I'm not, not religious, I'm not anything like that, and I'm not trying to say I am. But it just... I mean, I sat there before, you know, four or five weeks ago when I was on the podcast. I remember sitting there watching Star Trek and watching some of the episodes and just really relating to what they were saying and what they were doing mm. and just thinking, Christ, what would I do without you? Yeah. That's it. And that's one of the things I've always liked about Star Trek because people call it a sci-fi show. Okay, it's got a sci-fi background to it, but it's not. it's not that at all. It's... And especially in, in a series like DS9, the other day. It's, 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 about, it's about human relationships. Mm. It's nothing to do with... It happens to be set in a, in a sci-fi world, but it's all about human morals and human relationships, and that's exactly the way that Gene Roddenberry wanted it to be, um, was, was, was to be about that and to show that there could be a better world with mostly humans in it, but the aliens in there as well. There had to be. It was a sci-fi show, but it was. If you've ever read about Gene Roddenberry's philosophy, he was what he was a humanist, so he yeah. really believed in, uh, you know, that humans were capable of so much more, um, you know, without religion and 
you know, j- just working together. And that's something that Star Trek really does show. And that's one of the things I've always loved about it is to show that there is the hope of a better future out there where people can work together in peace and you know, exactly. to, to build a better world. Yeah, I mean, when I've watched it and I've been having trouble at work, and I've been having trouble in life and things like that, I always... It's, it's weird, because I expect lots of people to do it with lots of different situations. But you can look at it and you can watch it, and you can see what they're saying in the situation that they say in, and relate it to yourself. And you actually go, you know, I'll do that as well. I think that's what I'm going to do. And actually follow from what they say. That's why Star Trek's fantastic. Yes. It is a mental... It really is. I found it, since I was a young person, a young man, a mentor, and a really good role model for what I want to be in life. Yes. I, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. I've, I've learnt a lot, I think, from the Vulcans. We've spoken a lot about my, uh, <laughs> my, my Vulcan sympathies, but I think... To be honest, the way I approach things, I I can approach things quite rationally and non-emotionally, and I'll put down I'll put that down to watching Spock and the way he he approaches things, yeah. and I'll think right, okay, there's a situation I need to be sensible about this. I won't think about it emotionally, and I'll look at it with my head, and I'll and I'll come to a decision. It might not necessarily be the right one, but I will come to it through mental discipline awesome. and not through emotion. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. go to it rationally. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we should. I mean, I've learnt so much, and it's going to sound really sad, but I've learnt so much from TV programs, with Star Trek especially, because we're exploring the galaxy. It's not the planet; it is the galaxy. Yeah. It's right out there. People have actually accepted everybody for who they are. Yes. They that was one of the, treat that was... people right. Yeah. How they should treat them. They treat alien cultures nicely, and all of that. And that, was one, that was one of the great things about the original series, and it was quite groundbreaking at the time for a lot of reasons. And if you just think about when Star Trek was created, so you're in the mid-60s, so you've got all of these race issues in, in the US at the time and yeah. all over the world. So on the crew, you know, on the bridge of that ship, they had a black woman. A Russian... Um, a, Russian uh, a Russian guy. They yeah. had uh, a Japanese guy. Of course, I mean, this was the mid-60s, so... You know, the Second World War had been finished about 20 years, but a lot of people still had a lot of anti-Japanese feeling. We had yeah, all of I those people. They didn't have a German on the bridge. No, they didn't have a German on the bridge. <laughs> they did have a Brit, though. They had um, uh, Mr. Kyle, who was on on a few episodes. They had they did have a Brit there, but they didn't have any Germans. But I mean, but what it showed there was all these people of these different cultures, and you know, Gene Bodden, put them together, and they were all equal. They yeah. were all working together, and there was no, you know, there was no animosity. You know, the the fact that Hoover was black wasn't wasn't even considered. It was just, well, yeah. she's just an officer. You know, Chekhov was Russian. Like Zulu was Japanese. Oh so what? Yeah, it's a bit like saying, oh my god, you're black. Oh my god, you've got pointy ears. Oh my god, you've got fucking things sticking out of your head. That yeah. wiggle. You're Andorian. Who cares? Yeah. But yeah. I like the fact that it. Star Trek actually showed the future of bringing Earth together. All of a sudden, it wasn't about the petty differences on Earth. All of a sudden, we realised we weren't alone in the universe. It showed the the whole world as one, looking out to the stars, to the future. 
and it was lovely. Yeah, I I still find that really inspiring, that whole vision, and that's one of the things, you know, when people when people talk about, oh, this world, and it's in such yeah. a state, and oh, it's so so awful, and, and I think, well, yeah, it is, but we can do something about it. Yeah. And I, I, t- I tend to try and be quite positive. I mean, the world is at the moment. There are a lot of awful things that happen in this <coughs> world, and I'll acknowledge yeah. that. But then I look at something like Star Trek and say, look at that. All right, people say, well, it's just a TV show. Yes, it's just a TV show. It is just just a TV show. It is just a TV show. But look at what it represents. Look at what, what, you know, if we put our minds to it, what what we could achieve. That's exactly what I was going to say. Bollocks, it's a TV show. Actually, look at what it represents. We be as one. Yes. Everybody is the same. No more poverty. No more medical conditions. No more anything like that. But it's drawing the stars. Even if we couldn't do that and we couldn't invent warp drive or whatever, but even if we just got to the point where we just stayed on Earth. We got to the point where we could say... There was no war, there was no hatred, there was no poverty. Yeah. Oh, my God, you're a different colour to me. Well, that doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah, it's just not even relevant. You just don't even think of it. Yeah. I mean, uh, the world is in a shit state at the moment. It really is. What with everything going on, the petrol, the famine, and all that rubbish... And you know, Star Trek brings that comfort to think that there's a possibility, and quite a lot of stuff that Star Trek's already predicted has happened. Yes. So it's nice to think that there is a possibility, if everything stays true to the course, in a time or another it should happen, that in not too long a time, the whole world is going to be at peace with each other. Mm. There'll be no famine, there'll be no disease, there'll be no war. We'll be looking out to the stars to continue on with what we do. Yeah. And um, and I must say, I look at the news on BBC News every day, and there's never one piece of good news. It's always, oh, 20 people killed here, three yeah. people murdered, two people... Well, of course, yeah, good news doesn't sell, though. That's, that's the thing that you have on the news. There was lots, there were lots, if you look on the internet and you look, you will see lots of brilliant stories about there about what people are doing for good but it doesn't sell newspapers and it doesn't it doesn't work on tv you know they they only ever want to put bad news out there no news is good news as i say yeah yeah, that's it they they just want to put uh yeah bad news and war and death and famine and god awful things out there all the time because it sells newspapers you know saying oh and finally you know a dog rescued a duck today yeah that doesn't (laughs) Doesn't doesn't sell newspapers, unfortunately. But there is a lot of good stuff out there. But I would agree, um, yeah, the world is in an awful state. And I think if we, a lot of people, just took some of those ideals from Star Trek, then uh, yeah, the world would but be a better place. Did by Star Trek, yeah, the world would be brilliant. It would. There's no doubt about it. We no, I'd, I'd, no, I'd agree. I'd, I'd agree with that completely. Living the dream. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what topic were we on about? Ferengi. We were talking about the Ferengi, but we sort of went to Let's talk about Umox. I like Umox. I like the sound of Umox and, and you know, <laughs> what it represents. And, you know, I'd like somebody to give me Umox. Uh, that, uh, yeah, they did seem to certainly enjoy that, didn't they? The, um, well, the Ferengi, the Ferengi think... were obviously having such large ears. They were, uh, they were a big focus within their... Um... Erogenous zones. Within their erogenous zones and within like, their culture. It's a bit like having a beep. Look at that, I beeped that out professionally there. 
You did. You did. You did a very good job of that. Yes, exactly. Like having a beep. And um, but I mean, you've seen Quark get them and everything. Yes. There's only, yes. One, there's only one way that somebody pulls that face. Yes, absolutely. But there's one thing the Ferengi they all they always did in there. They you never saw their females very much until DS9. But the one thing they did was always lust after alien women. Oh yeah. They loved their I women, didn't funny, they? But Ferengi's are whores. Yes. No doubt they, about it. They are yeah, nothing but profit seeking whores. Yes. They love that they love their alien women and there's that <coughs> the episode what? in in the next generation. I think it's it's Menasha Troy where the Ferengi guy kidnaps uh, Deanna and Luaxana. Yeah, and Ryder. Yeah, and he beams them out of their clothes. Can you remember that bit? Yeah. And they appear yeah. on his ship. He just beams them out of their clothes, drop to the floor, and they appear naked. He beamed them both aboard the ship with no clothes on. And then Luaxana went for the whole, you know, I love you thing, so Deanna could get beamed back. And then yeah. did the whole thing of, you know, I'm jealous, I'm in, I'm in a jealous rage, I'm going to blow your ship up. Yes, you got, you got he, five seconds. Yeah, that was a fantastic performance. That was a really fantastic performance by Patrick Stewart. <laughs> I, love, I love Picard reciting the poetry. My love for you is like a rose. Yes, it was. It was just brilliant, and that's one of the things that makes Patrick Stewart such a good actor. He's a very serious uh, Shakespearean character actor, and if you've ever seen him in anything else other than Star Trek, I don't know if a lot of the a lot of the listeners have seen him performing anything else other than Star Trek no, but he really is a wonderful actor and he's a very serious actor but when he, he really does have a great sense of humour and you see uh, one, of, those, my one of those particular moments when he comes out and he's just genius and have a look <coughs> at this video on YouTube it's where um, oh, you'd have to I could, if you searched for Patrick Stewart and Gene Roddenberry's birthday Patrick Stewart on the bridge performs this musical number it was oh, specifically for Gene Roddenberry's birthday, and I won't spoil it. You've got to watch it. And he, it's like A is for something, B is for, and he, he's singing through this song, and it is just genius. So all the way through to Z. Z. Yeah, all all the way through to from A through to Z. Yeah, and it's it's wonderful. <laughs> it really is funny, and he he sings it and performs it so well. You've got to watch that. Well, unfortunately, I can't say about being sensitive for anything because I'm sitting here with a DVD case recorder pack on my head. <laughs> Uh, you know that you know that you know on the top of the DVD spindles you get a little plastic cover. Yeah, it's on my head as a hat. <laughs> and I'm single. Any Trek girls out there who are after a boyfriend? I'm sitting here with a DVD case on my head and talking complete rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Please form an orderly queue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I expect that's going to fill up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you should you should watch that video because it's it's a really good performance there and a, and a wonderful performance from Patrick Hello, Stewart in that episode. Patrick Stewart, he's fantastic. He is. And if you haven't, if you you've seen the, it's, we're going completely off topic from Star Trek, but it it does have Patrick Stewart in it. Have you seen his uh, A Christmas Carol where he plays? My favorite favorite film. I love. That. I have got the Patrick Stewart Christmas Carol. I'll watch it every Christmas. I do. It's not Christmas. There's two things that make Christmas for me. It's not Christmas unless I watch The Snowman and and Patrick Stewart play Ebenezer Scrooge. Well, it's not Christmas for me unless I watch A Christmas Carol. Yeah. That is is, for me if I watch A Christmas Carol with Patrick Stewart in it. Yeah. And he is fantastic in it. He is absolutely amazing. I, I I really enjoy the whole story of A Christmas Carol. I do. If you haven't watched 
his performance. It is amazing. It really yeah. is. It is absolutely fantastic. There's two other films of his that make it for me. One's Moby Dick. Yeah. Um, difficult to buy over here. I must say, I've got it on a, um, I've got it as a two disc, um, sort of DVD burn thing, but it was yeah. change the language stuff. And the other one is, um, I want to say Moby Dick, Christmas Carol. Oh, there's another one called Safe House. Excuse oh, me. Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen that. No, it's in a film called Safe House. Safe House. And it is mm. fantastic. And it's got such a twist in the ending, it is superb. And he is in it. And I must say, it's the first film that I ever watched with Patrick Stewart in it after Star Trek. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think, I, I might be wrong here, but I do think that Wayne introduced me to that film. Oh, OK. It says, I've just had a quick look, it's a made-for-TV movie. Is that what it says about Safe House? Yeah, it's on Wikipedia. Uh, premiered in the UK in late 1998. Yeah, I've got it on DVD. Made for TV. Oh, okay. I might have a look. I might see if I can pick that up on uh, Love Film or something. Yeah. Oh no, it's brilliant. If not, I can get you a copy. Yeah, I shall. Uh, I shall have a look for that. Yeah, but it's a fantastic film. I thoroughly enjoy. It. And I must admit, you watch it the first time, and you're really taken in, and it's fantastic. But then there's a twist. And I'm not going to ruin it for you. No. But it's such a good film, and he's such a good actor. Yeah. I love him. I love him. I really would like to see him at this Trek event in London. Well, yeah, that's because yeah, uh, of course he lives in the UK. Um, he's he's back living in the UK. He's lived back I mean, here years now. He has invited us around to his house for dinner. Yeah, you can <laughs> co- you can come round to my my house and have a can of lager any time you want. Well, I tell you what, if he wanted to come round mine, I could make a three course meal with with cheese and biscuits, brandy and port afterwards, with not a problem at all. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely so. honoured. And obviously, we've got the 25th anniversary of... We're going off topic again, so basically, we, we've talked about the Ferengi, so, yeah. We're, yeah. we're, we're going off Ferengi. topic here. Job done. Job done, <laughs> but obviously, it's 25 years this year for the next generation, and we've got this Star Trek event in London. Patrick Stewart lives in the UK. He has got to be there. He's got to be. Cause I'm and if I, if I get to meet Patrick Stewart, I will probably mess myself. Well, you know, I was about to say, if I got to, master, uh, to meet Patrick Stewart, I'd probably mess myself as well. So what I'll do, I'll take a, along a pair of two, uh, two spare boxer shorts, yeah. a packet of cleaning up wipes. Yeah, because, yeah, you'll, you'll see, yeah, be- we'll do some live podcasting and there'll be a photo of me, Paul and Wayne meeting Patrick Stewart and we'll all look terrified because we've, know, all, just, we we've all just crapped ourselves. If we could do a podcast of me, you and Wayne meeting Patrick Stewart... It would be the highlight of this podcast. It would probably be the highlight of my it life. It would be the highlight. It would be the best thing we've ever done. It would. It would. It would be the highlight of my life, I would think. That would just be so amazing. I mean, I must say, I, I think I'm going to... Because if we, if we was there and we were doing it together and we met him face to face, I don't think I'd ever forget that. No. No, I certainly wouldn't. So I really hope he's there. And we can get Simon Pegg there and get a load of. That would make me mess myself. If Patrick Stewart and Simon Pegg were there, I would have to take like three pairs or four pairs of trousers because I'll be messing myself every thirty minutes. Yeah, I'm going to have to have a spare uniform. I'm going to have to, you know, I'm, I'm going to. I'm, I've decided I'm going to go to London on the Friday. I'm going to stay over. I'm not going to travel 
to to and from home every uh, every evening. So I'm going to stay over. I'm going to find a hotel somewhere, and I'm going to stay over the whole weekend. So I'll, I'll just have to take a, a whole suitcase full well, of. Well, uh, me, you, and Wayne need to all there. We'll have a weekend together. Yes, uh, oh, yeah, trip, absolutely. Yeah. We'll have a we'll have a, tri- we'll have a staff weekend away. Yes. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. I've, all, I've already said earlier that what we should do is, obviously, we'll, we'll all try and meet up. Well, now we know the dates, we've got to get as many of the listeners there as well. We can tr- maybe try and all stay in a hotel, find a fairly cheap hotel somewhere, and uh, get as many many of us together all staying in the same I'm hotel. I'm happy to share with Jacqueline or Cena. <laughs> I'll sleep on the floor, of course. I'm a perfect gentleman. Stop laughing. <laughs> But yeah, we, we should get all the listeners together, and then yeah, that would be absolutely brilliant. We can all go out, we can have a great time. You know, That's we can fine. stay up till four in the morning drink, drinking, and talking Star Trek. Yeah, have a proper Trek night out. I yeah. mean, Trek girls. I've seen them on on, on Twitter. Yes. The Trek girls have been out in the uniforms. They've been to work in them. And they've been out in the evening in them. Yeah, they, they, were, they, were, they were at Pizza Express the other day. I saw in their in their Star Trek uniforms. Yeah. Which is, which is just awesome. So yeah, they're going to be there. So yeah, I've already I've already said to uh, Sam from the Trekkie Girls. Yeah, we're going to meet up there and uh, have a real geek out. They look really attractive as well. They do. Yes, they do. You're going to cut that bit, aren't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they do. But they look like really nice people. And no, they do. They do. I watch, I watch their. I, watch, I do watch their. Uh, we got a little shout out actually on their on their latest. Uh, they do a little video blog on YouTube, so so we oh, got a shout out. Yeah, we we got a shout out on on the latest one they did, which was released just a few days ago. Oh, thanks very much, Trekkie Girls. Yes, yeah, thank you for the shout out. Yeah, you're very attractive, and you appreciate the input. <laughs> well, that's pretty bad, didn't it? Sorry. You so, can cut. We, so you can cut that bit. Yeah. Were you talking about Ferengi? Yeah, we were talking about Ferengi, but we we've since long gone off on the topic of the week, so. Never mind, we hope you enjoyed the topic of the week. And now, it's time for this. Okay, so normally at this point in the show, we would have uh, named that track. But unfortunately, Wayne, Wayne being a willy. Wayne took the answers to last week's Name That Trek and this week's clips into the brig with him. So I'm afraid we're going to have to put the Name That Trek competition on hold for this week. We are. Uh, but we will be continuing that next week so look forward to that then but please rest assured that Mark and I will be going up to his cell and beating the answers out of him uh, we've got a Cardassian interrogator there at the moment we have. apparently he still does believe there are only four lights ok but we're softening him up so by the, by, by, by the time we finish recording he should believe there are at least five lights exactly. we should then be able to extract the answers for him and we'll bring those uh, to you next week well, I'm paying him enough latinum, so I expect bloody so. Yes, absolutely. We we need those answers extracting, and he's refusing to give them. So, uh, yeah, more, more, more on that next week. Bloody Klingons. <laughs> okay, so I'm guessing, Paul, it's that time of the week that I look forward to, isn't it? It is indeed, sir. It is time for Stump the Quizmaster. <laughs> Stump, 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 the quiz master. Yeah. Hey, you did pretty well there. You've been practicing, haven't you? I, mean, I have. I have. I, I sat for a half an hour and just going through it. I was thinking, oh no, I'll do, I'll do it like that. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I was quite impressed with that. I enjoyed that. <laughs> okay, come on. Right, so last week I 
I did pretty awesome, I have to say. Did you? Um, I did. Well, three out, three out of three last week. Three out of three. Okay. Three out of three. So Smug Mode was engaged, and I saw that Cena was a little unhappy with that. She said, I sent four questions, and Wayne asked you the easy ones. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking if Cena sends them in, they're going to be pretty tough. So I'm... Right. Not really looking forward to that this week, but um, well, I'm believe, prepared. So I believe from looking at Wayne, uh, sorry, from not from looking at the Wayne, from looking at the email that Wayne has forwarded from me, these are from Cena as well. Okay. And they say, "Hello, Wayne. Here are some of the questions for Mark in case you need them." Now these are the f- questions are from the the Next Generation episode parallels. Parallels. Uh, uh, yeah. Now I've got three questions for you. Your first question is, right. what does Data's painting, Birthday Gift of War, represent? Oh, it's the Battle of... <laughs> the Battle of... Oh, something or other. Yeah. Oh. Um, battle <laughs> of... Uh, I wish bloody. I could give it to you for that. Battle of Hirosh or something. Oh my god! Something like that? Hirosh? Would you say Hirosh? It is spelled that I've got on the screen. H-A-R-O-S. In two words. It's Hirosh. That's close enough, isn't it? That's got to be close oh, enough. Oh, I seriously think that's why I yelled. Ah! I really think that is close enough for a, But yeah, that is correct. Well, yeah. bloody done, sir. Nice one. I really like this episode. It's that is that is immense. That is an immense guess. Well done. That wasn't a guess. Well, sorry, that was an immense. That, oh, was, a bit, that was a bit of skill, but that's a brilliant episode. I really, really <laughs> like this. See, Cena, your your problem is, um, or oh, I'm challenging you here. You keep p- picking next gen episodes. You know, next gen is my series. Yeah. She's going to come out with something really obscure from DS9. All right, all right then. All right then. All right then. We'll get this one. Right, come on. Number two. What are the name of Worf's children in the alternate reality? Oh, um. Dun, dun, dun! So that's the children he has with Deanna. Um. I say nothing. He has two, I believe he has two children. Yeah. I think he has a boy and a girl. Yep. Ah, <sighs> uh, right. Um, I'd like to say that they named the boy after either Deanna's father, which was Ian. Yeah. Or maybe after Wolf's human father, who I think was called Sergei. Yeah. Um, I have no clue. And I've got no idea what the daughter was called. <laughs> um, the, name, the name Ishara springs to mind for some reason, but I'm not sure if that's right at all. What name? Ishara, or something like that. Oh, I, I can't. I can't. No, I know you can't. You like the answers? Um. I'll go for Sergey and Ishara, but I, I really don't know. I think there, are, I think there is a boy and a girl. I think I'm ah, guessing the boy's, the, name. the boy's name was Eric Christopher. 
Really? Okay. Yeah. The girl's name was Shannara. Shannara. Oh, okay. You were so, so close. Anara, Shannara. Okay. Oh. I didn't get that one. I was right with a boy girl, but the names were a little bit obscure. Yeah. That's one nil. Right, your final question. Okay. At the end of the episode, how does Troy think Worf wants to celebrate his birthday? By beating himself with a pain stick. Well, um, the answer I have written down is alone, either meditating or hitting himself with a pain stick. Well done, sir. That's two out of three you get right. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, uh, so I, did I must say they did not stump the quiz master. You failed to stump the quiz master again this week. That's shocking, two, two, guys. Come two on. Out of three, two out of three. So remember, if you want to uh, get those questions, send them via email only because I do have access to the Twitter account. So if you think you can give stump them the answers. Yeah, you don't want to give me the answers, do you? So if you, do you think you can stump the quiz master, get those emails coming in to trekmate1701 at gmail.com. Marvellous. And now, it's time for this. And now it's time for Name That Trek, the weekly quiz where you have to guess a character from the following audio clip. Fascinating. Okay, yes, it's time for Name That Trek. And as regular listeners will know, and new listeners will soon find out, here at Trekmate, we love to play games. Oh, we do. We love playing games. We do. And if you love to play games too, then head on over to Twitter and follow at Trek Trivia for your weekly dose of Trek Trivia quizzes, hosted by myself this week. It's my week this week coming up, so keep an hey. eye out for those tweets. There'll be a quiz on Monday this week. So this podcast should come out on Monday, the 26th of March. There will be a quiz uh, on Monday, the 26th of March at 10 p.m. So uh, follow along. See you there. See you there. Okay, then. So, Paul, since Wayne isn't here... Oh, I said a little bit outmatched tonight. It's just like me. It's just it's me just, on my own. It's just you, you against you, so you're guaranteed to win. Way. Well, actually, your your record is actually pretty good. I think you're about 7-5 up, aren't you? Something oh, like that. Uh, it might be something like I don't like to boast. No, to be fair. <laughs> you, you've done pretty well. So so this, <laughs> week, this week's trek-off is, is just for fun. And uh, in line with our topic of the week, I have some brewing-themed questions for you. Brilliant. Okay, fire okay. away, sir. I am ready for your questions. Okay. Right, question one. Please recite in order all of the rules of acquisition. You're having a lot, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to put, I had to put that one in, didn't I? <laughs> For a second, I just went, oh, God, no. All of There's them. There's like thousands of them. <laughs> well, that is, that is your first question. Fine. That is your first question. How many rules of acquisition are there? Someone wants me to say 136. Um... So something is saying there are 136, um, uh, no, hang on, no, 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 because one of the birds on there kept making up her own. No, I don't think we ever, I don't think we ever heard all of them. No. Just say, food of acquisition number 76, and they would come yeah, up with something. to make up themselves in the end, yeah. 
Um, there, there is a specific number. There was about... This is a hard question, I'll admit, so don't... I, I don't think I'd get this one exactly in the same There was either 173, 185, 179, something like that. Um, the 47th Rule of Acquisition, the 173rd, was it 179th Rule of Acquisition? No, no, I don't... 173... I Or was it more than that? No, 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 no. Now I remember in one episode, clearly, they said that there were 285 rules. And that was in the Marquee, in, in Deep Space Nine. In, in the Marquee Part 1, I, I mean, it might have been Part 2. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What are you going to go for? What are you going to go for? Bollocks, but 285. 285 is your answer, is it? 200, but I'm really drunk, so I'm sorry. You jammy git, that's right. No, it's not. I thought it was 173. No, it's 285. Yes! <laughs> there were 173 rules by the mid-22nd century, right. which is, um, but by the 24th century, there were 285 rules of acquisition. I just remember, it, I'm sure, I am sure it is in the Deep Space Nine episode. It is, it is, and it is in, I think, the two, so about 285 rules. Yeah. And I don't think we ever heard them all, but there's some brilliant ones in there. Oh, there are some fantastic ones. There were some, yeah. Peace is good for business. Yeah. So the next rule is war is good for business. War is better for business, yeah. Or Everything is good for, for business. Everything is good for business. Yeah. Greed okay. is eternal. Number three. That was, that, was, that, was, that was really well done. I can't believe you actually got that one. I just, it was a really hard, it, was, it wasn't a hard one. It was just that one that I just knew. You just had to know it, didn't you? Okay, right. It just seemed okay. like I made a point of remembering it when I watched the episode. It was weird. Okay, next question. The Ferengi language had no word for what? What? For what? It had no language. It had no word for what? What term that we have in English does the Ferengi language have no word for? Uh, this will challenge you. Yeah. Again, again, just referenced in one episode. Uh, I remember it. I can actually remember it. Um, it was a funny thing. Yeah, it's not something you would guess. No. But it does make sense when you when you work it out, when it's explained. Um, hang on. It was, so, it was something to do with conversation. The, um, um, hang on. No, I'm going to get this. I'm not get. Um, hang on, hang on. Um, oh, no, no, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. Hang on. I know this. Um. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not getting. I can't remember. It's not coming to my head. Um. 
Uh, oh no, I know. I know. You're probably going to kick yourself. Well, I suppose I will. Um. Um. Oh, hang on here. <laughs> no, that can't be it. No, 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 that's a stupid thought. No. Um. It might be a stupid thought, but it could be the right answer. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Um. <laughs> um. So it's why we want to say frazzled. No. No, 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 it's not. It's not frazzled. It's not frazzled at all. It's crispy. So, it's in, I, I, I'm so drunk, it is ridiculous. This is pathetic. I don't know why I'm trying. Something's making me want to say crispy. I, I can't remember what... All I can remember, all I can get in my head is cork at a KFC. <laughs> I don't know, no, 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 no. I'm going to have to, I, I don't know, I don't know. You, you're going to give up or are you going to give me an answer? I'm going to have to give up, I, I don't know. I don't. Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't do you want, know. Okay, do you want to give up or do you want to give me your answer? That's as much as, a, that's as much as I'm going to give you. Um, I'll stick crispy in there because at least I can only lose. You spawny git, that's right, it's crispy. Bollocks. There was no word for crispy on Ferengana. You're having a laugh, that's wrong. No, it's no, it's right. It is absolutely right. Because remember the episode where they all go to Riser? Yeah. And um, Lita is there with Bashir, it's where they break up, and, and yeah, Jetty yeah. goes there with Wolf. And people, there's a problem with the weather control system on Riser, and it starts pissing it down with rain. Oh, that's and it, that's people, right. That's everyone is complaining about the food, and they say, well, what's wrong with the food? And then Quark comes out with this explanation that says, it's the damp weather. Yeah. It, um... It makes all the food go soggy. And he says, believe me, there's no word for crispy on Ferengana. Because yes. you know how such a, what a wet planet Ferengana is. There's yes. no word for crispy on Ferengana. Oh, yeah they, yeah, yeah, they have something like 150 different words for rain, much like the Eskimo have uh, hundreds yes. of words for snow. They have around about 150 or so words for rain, but they have no word for crispy. Oh, I forgot that. I just knew that there was that crispy or... The other word, I can't remember the other word I said now, I've had too much to drink. Frazzled. I, frazzled, that was it. I knew it was a lot, I thought that one of those, it just seemed crispy with more, oh. You lucky My next sod. question. You lucky sod, right, okay. <laughs> Jammy bastard I am tonight. Right, oh, oh heart out. You don't know what you're missing. Right, because I had a few questions here, so I've got to work out which one. Which one's going to tax me the most? Yeah, you're not getting three. Come you on, bug. I bloody well am. You bugger, you're not getting three. I already got two, so you're not getting bloody three. <laughs> right, okay. Picard once fought the Ferengi during which battle? Uh, uh, you're a bit more specific. No. <laughs> it's referenced in one episode in season one. That's it. In the episode The Battle. Picard once fought the Ferengi during which battle? 
It's actually the first recorded contact between the Federation. I believe it's the first recorded contact between the Federation and the Ferengi, if you ignore the Enterprise episode. And the episode was called The Battle? It was called The Battle. Um, I can remember the first episode when, it, when they encountered the Ferengi. Um, was it the eighth episode? Ninth? Well, this is actually the second episode of the Ferengi in, but Picard had fought the Ferengi at an earlier point when he was in command of the Stargazer. This isn't going to give you the name, so I can talk about it. Yeah. Um, when he was in command of the Stargazer, he executed a move which later became known as the Picard Maneuver. Which is the one where Vox Sun died, wasn't it? Uh, I believe it is Damon Vox Sun, yes. And yeah. he fought him at a battle of something. That's as much as I'm giving you. So I've been quite, I've been quite generous you due have to your inebriated state. Yeah, I nearly had it then as well. So we want to know what was. Sorry, can you tell me the question again? Picard once fought the Ferengi during which battle? Yeah. Is this when he was on the Stargaze, the initial battle, or the one that followed on the Enterprise? No, enough clues. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, uh, oh, Christ, this is trick. Let me just try and run through this episode in my head. Um, no, it's not, it's not a particularly great episode, as many in season one aren't, but. No, no, no. I mean. Picard got given the Stargazer back by the Ferengi, didn't I? Uh, did, didn't I? I'm not Picard, didn't he? Um, but it was a plot. Um, That's right, yeah. They sent the away team over. Picard was in his cabin. But there was a glowing thing there. Um, but what battle did he fight? Yeah, what battle was it? I can remember. I'm, I'm just vaguely remembering the episode. Um, he got, he got that fucking glowing. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to say. He's got that glowing thing there. Um, oh, I'm, I'm, I seriously think I'm gonna have to pass. Um, I'm gonna have to. I don't know. I don't. I cannot honestly remember. You've remembered some. Some good details about that episode. I can remember that, the episode. I can remember yeah. the Stargazer. I can remember yeah. it, you know, that glowing thing being on it. And I can remember... Um, Max. Max. Maxie. It wasn't the Battle of Maxia, was it? Oh, piss off. It wasn't, was it? Yeah, it was. You got it right. You get. Oh, shut up. You're having a laugh. It's the Battle of Maxia. You are having yeah, a laugh. Been... No, it's the Battle of Maxia. That's... It wasn't referred to that as by the Federation, but the, the Ferengi did refer to it as the Battle of Maxia because it was in the Maxia Zeta star system or something like that. <laughs> you utter, 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 utter git. You well, got I... all of those right. Well, I can I, I'm obviously not making them hard enough. You know, all I can, I can remember him walking in there, I can remember him talking to the Ferengi, and I can just remember a talk of Maxia. 
Well, I didn't think it was Maxi at first of all. I thought it was Max something. I don't know. I really don't know. You could ask me this tomorrow and I wouldn't have a bloody clue. You pulled that out of your backside somewhere, didn't you? More than likely. (laughs) Um, Ask me another. (laughs) I've got three more, actually. I've got more questions. Do me one more. Do you one more. Okay. Let's... Okay. Um... Okay. Name the Ferengi female who posed as a male and fell in love with Quark. Oh, bloody hell! And I've watched this one recently with the fake lobes. Yeah, you remember that one? Good good fun episode, that. Oh, it was a brilliant episode. Brilliant episode. Um, I haven't got a bloody clue. I cannot, for the life of me, remember her name. I can see her now. I can remember every bloody step of the episode. Mm. I can remember her being in the bar, helping Quark, helping him with the Nagus. I can remember her going back to her quarters and taking her ears off and putting them in the case. I can remember Rome finding... Oh, yeah, yeah, she does that, doesn't she? I cannot remember her bloody name. No, don't know. You're going to give up? Yeah. It was Pell. Oh, bugger it. Of course it bloody was. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> oh, I'm doing so well. That was, a, that was a little bonus question. You did very, very well tonight, Paul. Well done. Three mean, out of three. Does that mean I don't get ice cream for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> and on that note... That's that, true, mate. Auto-destruct sequence in five, four, three, two...
are ready to go I'm getting stronger by the hour And your shields are out of power Should have given up a long ago And now you're out of time I got you in my prime You can tell by now you're fucked I'll give you this one for free I'm killing you and killing me I'm gonna count down and auto-destruct Gotta go, make it so I am about to blow You know my weapon's overloaded And I can't take much more You can't escape your fate You'll never procreate Visit trekmate.podbean.com and boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack all hands battle stations. Don't worry, we will get to the bottom of this. All I ask is a tall ship and a I don't want excuses, I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9.